एक मिनट रुक जाओ रेडी होने दो चलो ये कर लेते हैं अक्षय हाय दिस इज सौरभ एंड यू आर लिस्निंग टू द फाउंडर थीसिस पॉडकास्ट वी मीट सम ऑफ द मोस्ट सेलिब्रेटेड सार्ट ऑफ फाउंडर्स इन द कंट्री एंड वी वॉन्ट टू लर्न हाउ टू बिल्ड यूनिकॉर्न Hi I am Abhinav Jain I am founder and CEO of Shop101 and Dash101 Here is what happens when you add a dash of entrepreneurship to the magic of technology you end up with a disruptive business venture and that is exactly what happened to Abhinav Jain founder and CEO of Shop101 As a young boy growing up in Kanpur, Abhinav was fascinated with technology and learned to code at the age of 10. His pursuits landed him in the prestigious IIT Kanpur and eventually led him to start his entrepreneurial venture. Here is Abhinav telling Akshay Dutt about his time right after IIT Kanpur and his journey ahead. So uh IIT Kanpur like from there where did you go like wh- what happened on around the placement season Yeah so it's interesting I was uh, this year 2020 everybody talks about how it's it's not the best year to be in the job market or to be graduating from college the year prior which was similar was 2009 and uh, that was the year when I graduated right so uh, so it was it was a year when when jobs were uh, far and few uh, in between and uh, you had to really struggle uh, you had to put fight for every single thing and, and you know because you were at an iit and you were doing well of course it was not that that you would not get a job that you would nobody would be willing to offer you a job but basically the question was uh, would the job would would it, would it be exciting enough for you to do right and uh, in parallel that year i rode the cat did well got an admission from iim ahmedabad and i was like hey this this is uh, something that that is exciting uh, will help me broaden my horizons and also something that i realized that you know over the years i had uh, built a lot of skills around uh, technology and 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 you know actually setting up systems but wanted to learn uh, better on how to actually build organizations because building a product versus building an organization are two different uh, skills right and and it took up uh, ima went to ima did two years of mba and uh, consulting was something which was very exciting for me because uh, it was in some ways uh, an edu- extension of the uh, education with smart people where you work with uh, sen- uh, you know senior folks uh, advise them learn from them and and solve problems that make an impact in the world right make an impact on the company's organization and fundamentally in the world so so joined bain out of iim ahmedabad and spent four years at bain uh, so so again uh, the the four years at bain were uh, again very instructive because one of the things that i realized is the best way to 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 make the most out of and consulting experience is to have as diverse an experience as possible so i would pick projects which were very very different so while i was technically part of the office in bombay i actually did very few projects that were out being run out of the bombay office i would be either in delhi pune bangalore you know somewhere else in the country doing a project and and projects ranged from or even in uh, my projects also uh, or i was in china or in philippines right 
so my projects ranged from uh, advising private equity clients on what investments to make to actually helping it companies to actually helping uh, an airline turn around uh, to working uh, with uh, uh, somebody who uh, manufactures elastics for undergarments right from that niche to airline to it to private equity so 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 did a very wide variety of projects and and again an experience that taught me a lot uh, learned from many different industries many different people and of course uh, created a lot of impact in parallel so so yeah so, so that was my journey after iit uh, the, the next few years after graduating from uh, college so uh, what are essentially the skill sets that a consultant brings to the table for a client like is it that you have uh, like a ability to crunch data and based on that make recommendations is that what you offer to a client or i mean you know what is it that uh, you know a, a good consultant gets to the table yeah that's a question that i've always asked and actually the answer did not come to me when i was doing consulting the answer came to me much afterwards when i was actually running my own company the the, the value prop became much more clearer right so i think at different points and times consultants bring different perspectives right one is the fact that consultants have the ability to be you know completely detached to the problem they have not uh, you know they can come in with a fresh pair of eyes uh, fresh perspective and take a very objective approach to the problem and even the solution which uh, somebody who is part of the organization will find hard to do right that's one piece second is that uh, i think in the organization uh, the the people who who are there they have a very particular skill set right you could be an excellent marketer you could be an excellent uh, engineer you could be a, an excellent person at uh, uh, procuring products or or managing categories but uh, the 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 skill set which the consultants bring is fundamentally i think is around uh, structuring the problem and and laying it out and and connecting the big picture to the on the ground which is not really what uh, you know individual uh, uh, leaders are trained on yeah, when they are running functions especially not uh, you know not across the board and that skill set is very important because uh, uh, you will not have that within the team and when you want to uh, solve uh, set up a new project or 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 help with an existing project uh, sometimes when that skill set doesn't exist it's just best to have consultants come in and of course i think consultants uh, in general are much more suited for larger organizations where the problem becomes even more acute where uh, you have specialists uh, people who really specialize in their craft but are, are not very strong at this general skill of problem solving so there i think uh, the value out of a consultant is to bring in that holistic uh, structured problem solving approach marry uh, the approaches seen in other industries and then come up with a solution that that can be implemented uh, you know in a very objective manner versus having vested sort of interest or parties involved so 2015 you moved on from bain so you know what was the thought behind yeah. making the move i think the, the the thought was as i described right very simple that hey it's time let's start building and uh, it's time to build and of course it helped that uh, it it was the time 2014 15 when all, a lot of activity was happening in the ecosystem so that sort of gave me the nudge and the push that it is time and uh, in general uh, you know 
even within the consulting career there are there are moments when you take a look back and take a pause and say hey do i want to do this further or do i want to do something else and that was that logical time in that journey where i said okay now from here on if i continue it's it's on to the partner track and then it's a few years again of consulting do i want to do that or do i want to go back to technology and start building and the answer at that point came that look this is time you need to start building and so that was that and uh, while i would still recommend you know then experience in consulting to pretty much everyone but uh, but yeah that was i felt that was the time when i needed to start building and go back to technology did you have a problem in mind or you decided to quit and look for a problem so i did have the broad problem in mind when i quit i realized that i did want to work in the space of helping entrepreneurs so that broad problem was there but the exact solution on on how to build out a, a solution and and sort of what what uh, uh, precise problem to crack that got more uh, that rectified once i had left my job okay okay so so tell me about that uh, the the journey of setting up shop 101 you know like from quitting bain to getting shop 101 off the ground like what what was that journey like yeah it was interesting yeah so so first things you know to this question of did i have the problem before or did i quit my job before it was very interesting because when i was sort of toying with this idea and and thinking about hey i want i want to start out everybody around me said look why don't you actually nail down the problem and then quit and and then only leave your job and i was trying to do that for a couple of weeks but i realized that that just didn't work because uh, uh for me at least it, it either i would not focus on my uh, job at bain which was you know which was not something that i was used to either at if i did it i had to do it well or uh, i wouldn't be able to give enough time to solving the to, to you know figuring out what i wanted to do so so while everybody told me hey you should uh, figure out the problem and then leave i basically one day went and put in my papers and came back home and told my wife here yeah, it is this is done uh, i have put in my papers and i called up my parents later that night hey i have left my job i have put in the papers and now my notice i am on notice and sort of to me that was the, the my wife was working so, so and she has been super supportive so 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 uh, she was like okay great let's do it so my wife was working she was super supportive uh, and uh, uh, yeah but but you know but but that sort of was the key switch where i said okay it is this is it right that uh, uh, now you have to make this work so that that's what uh, so that was the the key moment and then you know once you sort of start from once you've done that i think then things begin to fall in place because you are yourself running and then once you start running you keep you know gathering momentum keep getting people etc all of those things happen so even before i had left i had reached out to aditya my co-founder and and said hey uh, uh do you want to think about it etc and and uh, you know and, and that those conversations were how did you know aditya so aditya i've known uh, from so i've two co-founders kalpak and aditya aditya i have known from my undergrad days at iit kanpur we did computer science together back in the day and aditya had taken a different track so over the years he had done a different thing and kalpak i had known from my bain days uh, did a uh, project together for good 8 9 months early on uh, in 2011 or 12 and i had known him since then so he had also left bain but he was doing something else and you know and then the three of us sort of got together and and, and yeah we started building this so uh, both of them came on at the same time or like 
like all three of you together like brainstormed and came up with the idea yeah so aditya and i came together early on kalpak joined us so kalpak was actually running his family business so he he was he joined us a uh, 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 you know a year or so in into our journey so so he joined us later but uh, but but yeah um what was it that you conceptualized with aditya like correct so so when we when we looked around us yaar so aditya had grown up in uh, gwalior and different parts of madhya pradesh against small towns and i had grown up like like we discussed in different parts of up one of the things we realized is that india is fun- fundamentally a country of entrepreneurs as kids we would always buy from these uh, gutsy businessmen and and entrepreneurs uh, across the uh, the spectrum but uh, when we looked at sort of the technological revolution that was happening around us right and and we were here in bombay and and we were looking at the the massive change that was happening very little was being built for this uh, massive entrepreneurial class in the country right so even if i were to look at a flipkart or a snapdeal which were trying to build uh, 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 marketplaces uh, while on the consumer side they were at least providing good access to uh, to the uh, to the consumers on the business side it was still heavily concentrated right very few businesses would would get traffic etc and uh, uh, not much was being built and we said hey how do we democratize entrepreneurship how do we democratize access through technology and uh, that was the core problem uh, we s- started with and we said look social commerce is great because uh, uh, social helps you democratize the access and commerce is the layer which we build which we are good at we know we understand technology and uh, why don't we bring this together and build a new model where uh, uh, we are able to uh, you know leverage uh, Uh, social media and, and and democratize access uh, for these entrepreneurs so that's that was the at the crux of it uh, what we discussed and we said okay let's start building and then you know of course as you keep building you uh, keep going and and then different things keep happening so like give me more like a, a product view that you conceptualized like what was the product you conceptualized for social yeah. commerce yeah so uh the 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 our first product was actually different uh, so while it was called shop pandera one it was slightly different in avatar from from what it is today right so initially we said look our app will be such that it will help you set up an online shop uh from a mobile phone uh, at no cost right it will actually be a zero cost and it will set, help you set up an online shop on mobile phone and it will come integrated with logistics payments etc whatever you need right so you could just download the app and you could something like a shopify something like a shopify for india with no payment uh, like with no uh, subscription fees required and re- ready to go all all plug and play play right so you could like literally akshay could uh, set up a shop uh, shop11.com/akshay/shop and it would go live instantly right and it would have all logistics cod etc all ready to go and of course very seamlessly plugged into the social networks whether it was facebook instagram whatsapp and at that time instagram and instagram commerce in india was on the rise so with that uh, we started growing very well right in fact our first um, uh, i still remember 4th of february 2016 uh, till that time uh, we were we were signing up you know three four new sellers a day getting three four orders a day uh, initial traffic this one seller he had come to us and met us and uh, uh, he, he he sort of uh, 
basically he just wanted to make sure that we were not frauds because money would be flowing through us so he just wanted to make sure of that right and and he came and met us and then he set up his shop on our platform and uh, put out the link at 8:30 and i was in office looking at the data and suddenly i see that uh, we have within the next 30 minutes we have 12 new signups and we have 10 orders right and that was the moment which told us hey this this works social as a social commerce as a concept works and uh, we are we are here because th- this will not only drive transactions but will also help us drive uh, growth so and, and that's how we started uh, it started growing beautifully then over the next year uh, what was your uh, monetization uh, for that like you were not charging any subscription fees correct so at that point in time the monetization was through services that you would use so if you were using logistics you would pay us if you were using uh, payments payment gateway you would pay us so we would have a markup right so you would pay for things that you used and that meant that uh, the sellers were happy because they only had to pay when when they were actually making money and for us it meant that uh, we didn't have any uh, you know uh, people could get onboarded very quickly but once they started uh, making money we also started making money so which was great our, our incentives were aligned in that sense right and and money was flowing through us so so we we had no issue so 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 that was great then over a period of time we realized over the next year or so that uh, uh, another fundamental shift was ha- happening in the country you said that it was integrated with social what did that mean like a seller could uh, click on a button to post something on instagram with a link to buy the product like is that what it meant like he could upload a photo on shop button and correct so 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 that, that meant that that we done bunch of different things actually so for each of the things uh, so for instance uh, when you created a store on shop under one it would actually uh, ask you to uh, log into your facebook and it would uh, put in the link onto your facebook page so it would automatically be linked uh, when facebook messenger uh, uh launched uh, we would help you set up an auto reply on facebook messenger right so so somebody pinged you it, it would auto reply hey here is my store uh on uh, uh it, it it would help you set up very it would help you share very easily on 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 uh, whatsapp itself right and uh, uh similarly on instagram you could set up an auto sync that whatever images that you uploaded onto instagram would come into your uh, shop under one store so that meant that whatever products you were putting there automatically came here and you could make them live so if somebody clicked on the link in your bio they would see all the products that were there so 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 did did, did all of that and which meant that whichever channel you were using you you would be able to direct traffic to your shop under one store very easily and uh, actually drive transactions so 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 yeah so that's what we the early adopters were what kind of businesses yeah so so the Correct. So the early adopters were were typically young people, age group of eighteen to thirty, uh, themselves who were trying to hustle, and uh, uh, would sell uh, fashion and accessories as their predominant thing, right? So it could be some dresses, could be jewelry, could be uh, uh, some fashion accessories, could be shoes, and uh, a little bit of uh, decorative items and home decor items as well, right? so that was the, that was the initial set that we saw uh, uh, basically and how were you acquiring them like- so so it was very interesting right because as soon as people put out the link to a shop on their own store on their insta page not only did their consumers see other people in their community their friends other designers other instagrammers would would see the link and they would download the app and uh, sort of the cycle would start over, all over again 
so it, so it was a beautiful uh, cycle where we didn't have to uh, you know pay per se for acquisition but as we kept going uh, more and more people just automatically started signing up of course we would also uh do things to 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 boost that rate where we would uh, identify who were the top sellers on instagram and if they were not already on our platform we would call them up and say hey here's a fantastic app why don't you use it look so many people are already using it uh it totally makes sense for you to use it so so it would do all of those hacks but fundamentally people would look at other sellers and then join the platform how the landscape changed over a year and uh, about the pivot as this was growing this was great the other change that was happening in parallel was that internet was becoming much more ubiquitous in india right uh, jio was launching people uh, fundamentally wanted uh, smartphones were becoming cheaper and uh, people were uh, very keen on uh, getting access to the internet so uh, as that was happening we realized that another set of uh so to say entrepreneurs were opening up in parallel which was people who wanted to be entrepreneurs but weren't right and 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 the core access of technology and internet was solved for them but what was not solved was uh, the fact that indian society is uh, you know the, the way it is that uh, uh, you, you, women will uh, face a, a certain issue uh, people are not uh, you know are, are uh, having while they might have all the uh, Uh, intend to be an entrepreneur but still very conservative access to capital is restricted all of those challenges that we saw and we saw that 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 all those challenges had one underlying root cause which was the fact that while people wanted to be entrepreneurs and we had solved the entire technology bit the fulfillment bit the payment bit all of that what we hadn't solved for was the fact that these uh, this uh, uh, people who wanted to be entrepreneurs didn't have access to products couldn't keep inventory right hadn't figured out their supply chain and we said what if we solved that problem because we have all the paraphernalia to be able to do that how would that work and uh, but i mean was this like a brainstorming exercise or did you actually have customers coming and telling you so it was actually very interesting it was neither it was data which showed us that so we saw that there was this uh, uh, one uh, it started by by this it was this one store in north it was this one customer in northeast who would order from this seller in uh, bombay very often and uh, we 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 saw that the, that that same uh, customer same product transaction being repeated very often and and you know we were very curious as to what's happening because early days you want to figure out what, what are the trends and, and and what's happening and we realized and once we spoke to this seller in bombay he said oh that uh, customer in guwahati is actually my reseller so you we were then intrigued okay what's happening so he said look he he is uh, uh, somebody who wants to do his business but he does not have access to products there so he, he orders on my store whenever he gets an order locally i ship it to him and then he delivers right and 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 uh, that's how the business works we were like wow and then when we spoke to that guy he basically we understood that look there is uh, this is already happening whether we, uh, we whether we solve it uh, at scale or not but this is something that's already happening and then we realized that this could actually mean that you unlock uh, entrepreneurship for a much wider audience right and that's when we sort of got into it uh, uh, with full zeal on on building out the supply side of things on, on the supply chain and you know uh, while uh, we built out uh, you know we we got a few suppliers on board fairly quickly and we were able to do that the challenge we faced is that our initial thesis of how just the product should look like uh, that didn't work uh, people were not able to figure out what the supply is how to start selling etc and then we did another overdo of our product where we uh, 
change to like a full feed based approach where the discovery of products for these resellers became much simpler and then that just took off right that that just meant that pretty much we had unlocked anybody could be a reseller without any investment without any effort and without any even any real prerequisite skill set right all you needed to do was figure out what would work in your community in your network uh, curate those products and share and that's it and we would take care of everything you would take care of the logistics infrastructure uh, cash and delivery services all of that and and, and make sure everybody got their share of money etc so it became very very simple and 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 that, that was uh, that just took off like crazy so yes yeah, so so that's that's the avatar you find shopangaravan in today so uh, building a supply is like no longer a tech problem i mean you know to then it means that finding vendors who have good quality products having some sort of quality control over products because your sellers would not want to sell something which gets a bad uh, review from a customer or things like that so you know then uh, how did you solve this problem of building a supply like i mean flipkart and amazon have like spent years and years to solve that problem so absolutely fair yeah so so the way we look at it, it is it's it's a tech plus uh, sourcing problem the reason why i say that is that we 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 underwent uh, Uh, a transformation in that sense that where we built out the entire sourcing and s- supply side team right we actually got in uh, people who had built these categories before set up the paraphernalia and set up the infrastructure bo- uh, both physical uh, not physical per se but technology and the and the people infrastructure to actually be sourcing these products right and to your question on uh, actual uh, quality and and trust then we built out very robust uh, tech led processes which ensured that we are able to deliver the the quality and trust so as an example when we when we set up uh, uh, you know the entire sourcing piece we said some of the calls we took is that a for a supplier to be onboarded onto our platform we would actually go and vet them pre like even before they could be onboarded so we vet all suppliers who come onto our platform right and and it can be a very simple thing that okay what's your business history what what's your investment that you've gone in what's your market cred etc right and and you you run those checks so that's just pre onboarding itself we have a very strong quality control criteria then even once once the uh, person is onboarded and and the and the products have been listed are uh, uh the the tech piece kicks in where on one side the customers and the resellers are actually uploading reviews and real products uh, real images of the products onto the platform so it is very clear that uh, w- w- the product that was delivered how different or similar is it to the product that was promised and what's the rating and review and uh, basis that we we run a very stringent uh, check on you know uh, which supplier should continue how much of visibility every supplier should get and and the the, be- the better your ratings are the, you know the, the more visibility you will get and of course below a threshold you ask to leave the platform so uh, so so that that entire thought process made sure that we were able to scale the the supply side without having to build you know a very very large team uh, uh, i would say that uh, uh, we've been able to do that in a very frugal uh, way in the way we've built our team and uh, uh, built the product to actually uh, manage the entire fulfillment and and on sourcing and onboarding of, of products so how do you handle the uh, warehousing and fulfillment like you have partners who take care of that or like... yeah so what we've done is uh, there are uh, seven large or eight large logistics players in the country and we have basically tied up with all of them 
uh, we follow a just in time inventory model so we don't warehouse anything we we just make sure that the inventory on the platform is um, marked accurately by the suppliers and then the product is picked up in real time from the supplier delivered to the end consumer and in case there is a return it is returned back to the supplier so we don't hold inventory uh, anywhere uh, in the in the chain it's picked up from the supplier delivered to the end consumer or returned back to the supplier mm-hmm. okay okay so when you decided to build the supply like what categories did you start with and you know uh, how did that progress so i think the the categories themselves were picked the, the initial categories that i spoke about uh, i think those were the categories which are fundamentally suited to social commerce except for the fact that our uh, ethnic and ethnic fashion wear became a much larger part uh, other than that the, fundamentally the categories remain the same it was fashion apparel footwear uh, accessories uh, home decor kitchen items and beauty personal care right and 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 we we just stuck to th- that set of products and we stayed away very uh, very actively from electronics and smartphones where you cannot there is no real value to a reseller getting in in general and there is no money to be made right so so we 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 stayed away from those and these were like branded products like say if you have kitchen where then was it like a prestige and so, all that or was it like see so typically the value of uh, of the reselling model uh, is in unbranded long tail items basically these are unstructured categories and unbranded products because the the thing is that in india you know this is a play which is going to as i was explaining we are democratizing it for the billion people for for people across the country so so tier 2 tier 3 it's not as much about uh, looking at brands but it's a lot about uh, being you know uh, value for money being very price effective so the the value of the model is this that are you able to connect or match the right product to the right consumer at the right price right and and which is where this entire thing around how we we curate our supply how then the resellers are able to curate their collection for their end consumers and the trust on the uh, on the reseller comes in so long story short we we provide discovery to long tail products and uh, that's our strength so typically these are unbranded items and and products which you actually see in everyday consumption in the country for uh, the resellers who are on the platform then when they like a product and they think they can sell it then how does it happen like with they first add it to their store or their shop front and then they advertise it like what is the uh, the flow that happens there so typically resellers will uh, post it on a facebook or an instagram or a share chat or a tiktok wherever they have to post it right and uh, uh, the way it works is that they don't uh, every reseller will curate a certain set of products that they believe will work right and usually it's not you you typically don't share like just a single product you will share a few products right and you will share that uh, with your uh, customers and and then they will come back hey i like this and the beauty is that you know it has the possibility of a conversation unlike any other platform any other commerce platform here the 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 consumer will say hey i like this saree but you know do you have something which is a little more uh, simpler or do you have something which is a little more cheaper or or or, or you know this this saree works well for for uh, a birthday party but guess what i i'm looking for something which i can wear to office tomorrow right so 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 then that conversation happens the reseller has the ability to curate more products showcase the right product and then close the transaction right and 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 the reseller also has the ability so there's like a 
chat chat interface yeah there's like a chat interface and that chat interface is not even on our platform it's it's you know different it's it's so interesting how different people have adopted the model you know the most common of course is uh, whatsapp given it's it's uh, people leverage that but we've found stories like uh, in terms of the interface uh, just to as in uh, to give you an example i was uh, we we went and met this lady in chennai and we were wondering how does she do business and we keep doing these uh, you know visits to our resellers place and understanding what are they doing so uh, this is a lady uh, uh, 50 years old plus uh, uh, her kids are uh, doing her own thing so we asked her how do you sell and, and in fact she she couldn't speak english so my colleague was talking to her in tamil and and i was asking how do you do do this so she she said okay hold on she went in she got out like a set of papers uh, on a clipboard and we were like what is this so uh, and you know this is a clipboard if you recall when you used to write exams as kids you would have that on which you could just stack a sheet of paper and and, and take so she then explained i have a, a group of people who i meet in church so what i do is i will send them photos on whatsapp and then uh, because we can't really type on whatsapp and we can't communicate so when i go to the church they will show me the photo and i will note down the product code and the price that i promised them and get come back and then later in the night i will uh, look at my set of papers that i got and uh, then i will punch the orders on the app and then they will get delivered and we would our mind was blown right what do you call this this is technology person to person selling you know it's it's a combination so the uh, sellers typically like uh, punch in the orders themselves or like they give a link to a customer and the customer orders like, like what what is the like the more common behavior so both modes exist but typically it's the seller who punches the order right because that's the that's the beauty that you have the ability to discuss negotiate suggest uh, more products negotiate the price all of that is is possible so and and, and plus, the seller can put the address of the customer for delivery there so oh, it directly goes to the, okay and the cash there is picked up by the logistics partner so uh, essentially like uh, this is adding a layer of technology to the traditional way in which small entrepreneurs uh, have been selling for so many years correct 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 absolutely so and 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 it's 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 a layer of technology which which opens up a you know full world of products to them see in the traditional way if a small entrepreneur wanted to do business they would have to stock some products which could be 10 20 50 depending on the range that they could stock or afford now here the stock is basically unlimited right you have unlimited skus that you want which means your ability to sell is much stronger the customer is happy because the reseller is no longer is is not trying to just give any product that they have they're truly trying to understand what the customer wants and you know solve for the customer so it it makes a lot of sense for both parties in this case because the reseller is able to make much more money the customer gets what they want and imagine this for a customer it's almost like a personalized shopper that they get and they get to browse products at of their choice at home so it's like uh, the, the the behavior in which people used to say chalo let's go to the market that has come to their phones now and some some and, and even that curation is even that collection is curated for them so it's a win win for everybody so uh, uh, don't sellers feel insecure that if i tell a customer visit my store on shop 101 then they will also see all the other stores there yeah, and so so we basically uh, uh, we the, the stores that we provide are on a different domain name which is an independent domain name 
and uh, uh, so so there is no link really to shop pandiravan or the consumers don't even know that the seller is getting the products from shop pandiravan so the, so so the, the the reseller is very very safe and assured in fact to, to that point we uh, uh, you know we, we host these on our other product which is called dash pandiravan which is exactly like a which is a full a solution to host, create web stores etc so the consumer doesn't know where the whether the seller is uploading the products themselves or getting it from somewhere else uh, dash 101 is the original uh, business that you started yes. of so, uh, a shop so sale. so yeah so, so okay switching gears so uh, come 2020 we realized that the original shop front piece and the the fact that we are providing logistics as a service it's now becoming that need is uh, very very high right and while we always continue to offer that solution under the under the original brand but uh, you know it's hard to discover two two different uh, parts of a solution especially one when, when you talk about one a lot more so we 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 uh, said okay why don't we build this out as a full solution and under a new brand name and we launched it under dash101 so so dash101 is a full stack e-commerce platform where you can set up an online store and start a business and you can scale it with world class logistics which is seamlessly integrated payments uh, and and it just works right and we are very happy if you also want to use just one part of a service so for instance maybe you already have a website on uh, like we discussed say shopify you you can just use the logistics part of our ecosystem and you will be able to very seamlessly run it and and it's you know uh, we have all the uh, optimizations built into our service so it, we will help you understand which orders have a higher probability of returns which you should fulfill or not etc so we we've built all of that thought and and our expertise into the product itself so uh, uh, the, the the web store is optimized for conversions the the logistic service will uh, we will help you understand uh, which orders are you know most likely to be profitable or which orders are most likely to be returned so we will help you do that okay so like in logistics you would also have intelligence around like which pin codes have like fraud possibilities oh, or stuff like absolutely. that so in fact we've gone beyond this pin code we will actually tell you that on an order level so we will tell you on a pin code pair level which uh, shipping partner to use which is the best bet for this set of pick up and drop pin codes and we would also tell you on an order level what is uh, if if you should be shipping this order or not like if it's a high prob- high, high probability of a return uh, order or what so we will as it, that is based on the product or the location so that is based actually on both so so we 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 bake it and bake both and also it, it is also based on the way you input the address into the platform because as you can imagine in india a lot of times people will also write things like bus stop pe aake call kar dena call me from the bus stop and that's just the address and then and then what have you got right so Uh, so it's it's a it's a very it's a very very unique market where we operate uh, when when does the seller get the money yeah so, so in terms of uh, the uh, if it's a reselling order where you've taken the products from us we have a standard 5 day return window so after the money has been collected from the end consumer we wait for 5 days in in the 5 days if the consumer has any issue they can raise a return request we will pick up the product back and refund the money and if not uh, if once the 5 day window has elapsed we will uh, basically transfer the money to the seller to the bank account uh, like his his margin his yeah 
his share of it to to his uh, to his or her bank account and the supplier's share to to the supplier's bank so if there is a return then uh, whose cost is that like does the seller bear the cost or like who bears that so cost so if there is a return uh, no so to the reseller we keep it very simple we say hey for you we have no cost as long as you are doing business in good faith and you know it's not like uh, every product that you get you are returning you're doing business in good faith you have no cost we we've given you uh, uh, full you know all inclusive cost in upfront itself and you can just go and uh, do your business and that's what we do so 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 that that cost is uh, you know borne by us uh, and of course there's a there's a structure cost structure that we we have with the supplier as well so depending on what the understanding with the supplier is uh the supplier could uh, be paying it but but that's the that's the part so, so to the reseller we've kept it very very simple that we will make it keep it very simple and our cost structure between the supplier and shop owner and we will manage the entire part so uh, what is your uh, current uh, customer acquisition strategy so initially when you started at that time people were going to shop 101 and therefore there was an inbuilt uh, advertising anytime someone was selling yeah. but now that they are going to a different domain yeah. so you know what is your current uh, strategy to acquire more resellers now the strategy is uh, uh, you know uh, very is slightly different but but it's it's still very very interesting and and you know very unique in its own way so uh, now the strategy is a lot around uh, reaching out to people ourselves which is whether through uh, digital or paid marketing or through influencers or through referral programs but something very interesting happens when we do this marketing today right fundamentally when a typical e-commerce platform uh, markets they say hey i am selling this product buy this from me right and that's the way to reach out to an to a new consumer uh, and it it has its associated cost whatever uh, the the customer acquisition cost you get now when we market we say hey here is the way to change your life here is a way to make money right so as much as we are trying to reach out to these resellers people are fundamentally looking for ways to make money so in fact if you look at my google play store listing it will talk about on on money from home work from home jobs because that's what people are searching for and and which basically means that we can while we are trying to do all of these out uh, things to reach out people themselves are looking for us and which means that we can acquire these resellers at a actually at a lower cost of acquisition than even the uh, even the customer acquisition cost of other platforms so if other platforms acquire a, a customer at uh, say 500 to 1000 rupees we can do that at a couple of 100 rupees or even at 100 rupees right uh, which is an order of magnitude lower and then every reseller is getting their own network of consumers so which means that the actual cost of reaching out to one consumer is significantly lower than you know any of the traditional platforms and which is what explains why we've been able to you know ramp up and build out our network in tier 2 tier 3 tier 4 and in, even in smaller towns at a very fast initially like did you self fund it uh, uh, you know like when did you look for external funding so yeah it was very interesting like, like i said that uh, when we were starting out uh, it was uh, once you once you sort of decide that that you have to do it then things start falling in motion and in parallel so as we were sort of uh laying out the initial problem etc uh i was talking about the problem to my friends and one of my friends works for uh, a fund uh, called vy capital and he said look this problem looks interesting we've already been looking at companies in the space and if you are going to do it 
why not we would love to partner and uh, you know let's chat some more and that happened and so while we were launching our uh, initial product this conversation also fructified in parallel and and yeah so we 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 got funding very early in the uh, and uh, after that like how many additional what was the funding you raised in that round and then how much did you raise subsequently like what was that journey like uh, so th- that initial funding was such that it was more of a you know uh, uh, so the, the the first check was for a million dollars and then it was that let's see how it goes and and we can fund you up to you know a few more million dollars and and we can do that but the first check was that and then subsequently of course uh, over a period of time today we have raised about uh, uh, 22 million dollars in total and uh, 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 you know uh, from that round we raised a series a series b series c so 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 that's how we we have raised so we have raised 22 million dollars in total and uh, yeah that that journey you know the, the thing about uh, funding is it's almost like uh, it's 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 fuel to 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 run the race but uh, you you have to just uh, you have to still build on the uh, build on from there right so so yeah so so th- that's uh, that's at least our philosophy in terms of how we look at capital and 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 uh, you know so is a fundraise like a full time activity for one of the founders like uh, you know that uh, is it like you get a lot of inbound interest and it's easy to do or is it like there is constantly uh, work happening on that front also in parallel to building the product and acquiring so, customers so I think like it's, it's it's a very interesting thing so the way i look at it is i think it is a, a full time thing uh, like it's it's uh, it's on full time uh, when you're not actively fundraising maybe it takes 20% of your time and when you are actively fundraising for one of the founders it does take up 60 to 80% of your of your time right so so it is at least in, in at at the time when when uh, a round is open and you are actively raising at that point in time it does take us take up a significant part of the bandwidth for uh, one of the founders for sure uh, so how did you develop the skills to fundraise you know i mean that itself is like a skill that a lot of founders are unable to succeed because they lack that skill so you know uh, how did you uh, develop the skill between the three of you i think the only way to uh, develop the skill uh, skill of fundraising is just like a sales skill which is uh, just do it right you have to just i think half of it is just about showing up and uh, being at it every you know every day every meeting and so on and the other half i think is learning from every meeting so it would be a shame if your first pitch is as good or as bad as your last pitch ideally uh, in if if in uh, a set of say 2 weeks 3 weeks 4 weeks or whatever time frame you have uh, say 10 15 meetings your 15th meeting should be significantly better uh, from your first one and and th- that's because you are the same person your business is still the same but you know what answers to expect you have all the data in in the tip you know what questions to anticipate and and how to guide the conversation and and how to make sure that your strengths are are being highlighted So I think that's 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 just the skill set to continuously keep improving, and if you do that, I think, uh, and and of course, fundamentally, if you've built something that is valuable that makes sense, then you know uh, people will be willing to fund you. See, at the end of the day, an investor is looking to answer just one very simple question: Can I trust this guy and can I trust this team to deliver what they are saying? Right, and you have to you have to figure out how do you 
help people trust you that's it uh, and 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 there are you know there are many components to it is the market big enough is the opportunity size big enough is the team great what have you executed in the past and how do you communicate all of that to to deliver that trust so i think at the end of the day you are trying to just make sure that the the person can trust you with the money and that's you know pretty much what it is what works in fundraising like does cold calling work or like you know did you uh, get benefit from the alumni networks of your two institutions like you know typically speaking like what are the things that work so i think uh, uh, cold calling is is uh, you know if you're cold calling you are setting yourself up for a harder path than you should uh if you uh, you know like you said the alumni network and even just the founder network or, or even just the fact that you've been uh, uh you know in this space you will be able to find a connect to pretty much all investors very quickly or at least with a little bit of hard work right uh, and that always helps where at least you are going in with some connect to the investor uh, of course a cold call is better than no call at all so of course if you if you don't know somebody absolutely by all means cold call them otherwise i you know uh, uh, try and figure out a connect and it could even be you know you met one investor and they said hey i we uh, uh, this 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 is something which is not for us for whatever xyz reason but i think this could be interesting for another investor then you know just ask them for that intro hey can you make that quick intro because even if that is happening that means that somebody else is saying hey i looked at them it makes a lot of sense for you why don't you take a look as well right and and even that intro works so the the point is that can you get that connect whichever way possible hmm so uh, w- what kind of uh, numbers are you seeing on the platform right now yeah so uh, what's interesting is we we see uh, lacks of active resellers and when i say active resellers people who do transactions on the platform right now and uh, 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 which which goes on to the fact that you know uh, we've we've solved for a problem which exists which is a which is a, a very widespread problem right people looking to make money and and people looking to earn uh, also respect in some ways so uh, and which is reflective in the fact that lakhs of people want to do this and and are actually able to transact on the platform so uh, so that's where we are and then these lakhs of people are actually able to reach uh, uh, at the last count we checked that we were able to reach uh, uh, about a uh, uh, few million end consumers right which is about uh, Uh, tens of lakhs of end consumers so uh, so clearly uh, uh, the the problem is uh, you know a massive problem to solve plus also the fact that these uh, resellers are actually able to reach a, a very wide base of people at you know basically no significant cost to them so uh, the, the network is uh, being built very very rapidly so your uh, end customer acquisition cost is not there basically yeah, your exactly. cost is only to acquire correct. resellers correct. Hmm, got correct. it so how much do you earn on an average per reseller is yes, for the reseller uh, the top guys can earn more than a lakh right a month and of course this is this is the top guys i'm talking about uh, uh, but uh, but if you uh, hustle you can definitely earn uh, you know uh, like uh, the 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 top 5 to 10% would be earning in thousands per month right 
and and uh, and and that those are people who are you know uh, at it are, are willing to hustle willing to put in the time and effort are provide superior customer service to the end consumers uh, uh, and and their end consumers like to talk to them so 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 that so it's truly up to the reseller on on how large can they become because uh, even uh, like uh, in the diwali season itself we had run like a lakhpati offer and apparently the the winner is getting other than the lakh rupees of prize that she would get from us she would have earned a, a lakh rupees during the diwali season just from her sales right so her annual income if you were to see would be a lot so i think it, the 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 platform is truly democratic in the sense that it does not differentiate between who you are where you come from what you have done before all that matters is what are you willing to put in today what is the hustle that you are willing to put in today what are the, what is the effort and you know we are there to support everybody so i think the earning totally depends on on how uh, uh, the resellers are uh, are uh, you know putting in the effort now what's even more interesting is the way we've built the platform not only does the reseller make money actually we also make money so one of the very different things that we've done fundamentally as a company is to make sure that you know is to build a sustainable business so uh, we are very proud to say that we are we will be one of the very few commerce companies in india who actually make a contribution margin after accounting for all discounts for all bonuses incentives and marketing costs right so uh, uh, people talk about how they make money on a unit level uh, we of course do that but we also make uh, money on a uh, economics on a you know after accounting for all our marketing discounts uh, bonus incentives etc and 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 which 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 is very powerful because what that means is that look uh, uh, you are able to actually uh, build a business which is uh, fundamentally sustainable and uh, uh, both for the reseller as well as for you know the platform and uh, and that's been our goal ever since to make sure that we build it in a manner that's sustainable for everybody so what has been the impact of covid for you so uh, so covid was uh, you know the, the month of march and april was uh, very tricky because uh, at that point in time uh, e-commerce was fully on pause in india pretty much other than the essential goods and uh, uh, so that meant that you know our business was uh, pr- pretty much on pause we did use that time to do, do bunch of other things but we had to build back from there having said that while we had to build back our business from pretty much being on pause for a month or so uh we used that time very well uh one of the things that we did was to e- experiment during that time with digital products right and we we tried a, a bunch of things like mobile payments recharges uh, uh education uh courses etc and we built our learnings there and we figured out what can work through the model right now and what can work maybe at a later stage right and and, and that was very instructive to uh, in that sense so the this like mobile payment recharges like so your seller would be able to recharge phones for her customer correct, base correct that's right that's right and 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 we were trying and we were trying to see you know how that works and what are the challenges uh, that that we face and, and we leverage that time so so that was that, that was uh, one set of things that we did the other thing that we did during that time was to also put a focus on uh, you know uh, becoming a profitable and and sustainable business much faster 
right? So uh, we spend that time building these uh, the models that I was spe speaking about earlier, the data models where we can recommend which orders are are fraud or which orders will be delivered. Uh, what uh, shipping partners to use. So we spent a lot of time building those, uh, our inherent core infrastructure, core uh, uh, IP uh, during that time. And that helped us very well because when, as we were ramping up, even though sort of the, the you know, the lockdowns did not come off in one go. It was in patches, in bits and pieces with a lot of local on the ground challenges. But because we had that infrastructure in place already, it meant that we, as we were opening the business back, we were not losing money even at that time. So we were able to come back very strongly and, and today, you know, we are at that stage where business is uh, continuing to grow back and we are actually, are, you know, the margin is also improving and, and growing because we spent, took that time and spent that time in building the underlying infrastructure. What, I mean, and in terms of your month-on-month -month, uh, top line, has that like gone back to pre-COVID level now? In certain categories, it's beaten pre-COVID levels. In certain categories, it is yet to get there. Uh, so, for instance, categories like uh, home decor and, and beauty, etc. There, uh, uh, at least in these two categories specifically, uh, our, our, our top line is actually much higher than before. But say in, in other categories like women's ethnic wear or uh, uh, apparel, etc. They are in apparel. There, the, the, the top line is yet to sort of meet the uh, pre-COVID levels. So, so it's a mix. In certain cases, we overall like uh, at, overall at, it is it, aggregate. It is getting there. It is it is close close to there. Yet to touch the the, the peak point. So uh, the categories again would reflect a, like a new normal, like more work from home, so people wouldn't exactly. buy clothes to wear out. Correct, 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 correct. And, and and which is which is which is interesting that you know as festive season sort of rolls in, that will also change. And because now we will also see a wedding season which will come in now. Given the last few months, I've seen very few weddings. So now uh, apparels and clothes will also start, uh, you know, sell a lot more because also along with winter wear, which also anyways is... What is your headcount like? So uh, we have about uh, 250 to 300 people uh, right now. And the, uh, you're like in Mumbai, we, uh, all these people are in Mumbai. Uh, pretty much, but because, uh, so they are all in Mumbai, but because you are all working from home, you know, you could be working from pretty much anywhere in the country right now. So a lot of the people who don't originally hail from Bombay um, are working from different parts of the country and, and that's fine. Because till the time we don't go back to office, I think it's just best that everybody's comfortable. And The split of these 250 people like in functionally? like Yes, so a significant part of this about uh, would be uh, close to about 100 people would be in our sourcing and category management team, right? Which is just uh, uh, running the the uh, the actual part of getting new products on board then there is another set is uh, around uh, the uh, logistics operations call center support right that would be another uh, uh, close to about 75 odd people and uh, then there is the other part is the entire technology product data science design team which is another odd 70 75 people but i guess your uh customer service need like you know per customer basis would be lesser no because in a way your resellers would do customer absolutely absolutely so 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 we, our customer service is basically to the reseller is to resolve the issues for the reseller so that they can you know make sure that they are able to what provide do you, a fantastic experience uh, see as world. you know like say a, a five year roadmap for shop 101 the way we see it is look we are here to democratize entrepreneurship and to make sure that uh, 
we are able to create and grow entrepreneurs in the country right five years down the line the way we see uh, shop 101 and even dash 101 together right is the fact that if anybody wants to open a new business all they need to do is plug into our ecosystem and they get everything here right whether it's an online shop whether it's the logistics whether it's the payments infrastructure or even uh, access to the supply chain all of that exists here right all you need to do is just open a shop and do your magic on top of that and all the underlying infrastructure is just here for you your closest competitor would i guess be someone like a mishu so our closest competitor if you were to just look at the supply chain side would be like would be mishu but if i were to look at this entire infrastructure that we've built where you have a full online shop uh, the ability to run your logistics payments uh, take supply from us uh, that as a full platform that we've built actually nobody has done that before right either people have come at it from saying hey i want to build an online shop or i want to provide payment service or i am a logistics player or i am a supply provider but somebody b- building it together into an infrastructure that entrepreneurs can just use of the shelf that really hasn't been done before so mishu doesn't provide the supply or like so what are the things the supply, that mishu doesn't but do but it's just you have the supply you can post it on instagram facebook etc but you don't have a web store you cannot set up a shop in that sense right and and imagine if you want to run a mixed model where maybe you are making jewelry at home and you take sh- sarees from my supply you really can't run that but like uh, mishu has like raised a like you know significantly higher amount of funding so is that like a something you see as like your biggest threat out there or like what are the things you see as threats see i think the biggest threat fundamentally that i think is i feel uh, is the is the mindset of people which doesn't want to change right that's the biggest challenge i've i faced when we sort of have built the solution i mean the question to ask today is that why are there only lakhs of people on my platform why is the number not in crores when we know for a fact that uh, you know there are many more people who would be benefiting from such a product right so to me that that mindset of how do i drive change or, or uh, mindset of not wanting change i think is the biggest uh, uh, challenge um and 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 that's what we actively try and you know from our side make the product extremely simple try and find uh, voices which will help convince people that you know it's extremely simple and trustworthy to do and you can get started and and that's that's the pr- challenge that we work uh, against predominantly that how do you make sure that the product is so so simple that there is really no friction or really no barrier for somebody to get started on the on the app and because if you do that and you have a sustainable business model then it doesn't matter what else is happening in the world right then 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 you you've solved both sides of the problem you've made it easy for people uh, you've made it easy and simple for people to adopt and uh, you've made a business model which actually works for everybody so that was abhinav talking about setting up shop 101 If you would like to know how reselling works or are looking to sell your products online, log on to shop101.com. You like the Founder Thesis podcast? Then do check out our other shows on subjects like marketing, technology, career advice, books, and drama. Visit thepodium.in. That is T H E 
podium.in for a complete list of all our shows.